Hello and welcome to an all new episode of The Spotlight. This is episode number 275 and I'm your host Kente all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Jen. How are you doing, Jen? I'm doing awesome. I'm super excited to be here. I, I actually, you know, the last time that we did a Spotlight, we it ended on a super sad note. So I'm really oh. happy to have, yeah. Well, we did sad stories. So, oh, <laughs> so I'm yeah. really happy to have yeah, some. Wasn't, um, it, wait, wasn't it like uh, movies that uh, make you cry or something? Movies that make you cry, yeah. Yeah, okay, my bad. Yeah, that So was- I, I promise we won't ask any sad questions this time. Everything <laughs> is going to be happy and upbeat. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we are joined by actor, the one, the main man, Johnson. <laughs> yes. Uh, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. And uh, if you call me the main man all the time, I, I'll uh, ask you to come around and, you know, introduce me on everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm down. I'm down. With it. Before we get into uh, our interview, um, uh, some people know on, on the side I do Uber. And I actually picked this brother up on uber and you know i you know i get people that i recognize all, all the time and i don't always i don't you know I, I play it cool i don't always say much but i'm such a big fan of the show that this dude is on i couldn't i could not say nothing i couldn't act like i didn't know the brother like you know what i'm saying so i love the show bosh we're gonna get into it later in the show so i had to say something and uh you were such a, a really nice dude, and uh, we had a great conversation. And I'm so glad that you agreed to come on our podcast. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You were, you were, you did not play it cool. You were not, you were not cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know how you pick up the Uber and you you try to exchange names, and you're like, uh, "Is this an Uber for Dewan?" He's like, "Yeah, I know who you are." <laughs> I did. I, did man. I was like, "Oh man, thank you. I appreciate that." You know, it's always great to meet a fan. Yeah, so so um, let you know as we like to start off with, uh, where are you from originally? Um, I like to say I'm from Miami, Florida, because that's where I did all my schooling. But my parents and um, they're from Chicago, Illinois, and um, you know my grandparents and everybody, my dad, they still live there. So I'm kind of Chicago, Miami. Oh, that's what's up. Um, as some people know on the show that I have a connection to Chicago, my sister and my mother live there, even though we're, we're all from here. So I go to Chicago a lot. Now, you might think I'm crazy because the month my crazy butt chooses to go every year is December. Oh, <laughs> I was, was going to say, don't say December, January. <laughs> I, I do. Every December I go to Chicago because that's like the least I have the least going on in December. And it's Christmas time and I get to spend it with my mother and my sister and my nephews and stuff. So, but you know what? Being born and raised in Los Angeles and not ever having white Christmases, mm. you know, uh, it is kind of cool. It's like an adventure, you know? Yeah. I, I don't want to do it too much, but yeah, it's mm. pretty cool. So, so um, were you one of those did people? You say, did you say, I'm sorry, did you say it was pretty cool or did you say it was pretty cold? Because, uh, I mean. <laughs> it's freaking cold, okay? It's, so cold, man. Yeah. Like, like I'll say this, like, um, one of the times, like I ordered from like Postmates or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, you know, it's already paid for and tipped and everything. So all I have to do is open the door slightly just to get the bag. Mm-hmm. And that one little, just open it and close it. 
man, the the whole living room was done. But, <laughs> you know, so yeah, so uh, yeah. Well, you know, I do not miss that at all. Not even a little. I'm so sorry, no. Kente. Where are you from? Uh, I'm I'm on Maui. I should have said oh, okay. that. Yeah, I'm on Maui. So we don't <laughs> have late cool. Christmases either. But awesome that you get to. But you're from New York time. though, originally though. Uh, I am. Yeah, I like to say that I've done my time, as in like you mm -hmm. know, like I've put in my time. So yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like I deserve this. Yeah. So um, were you one of those uh, young when you were younger, knew what you wanted to be, or did you find out later? Uh, I did, and I didn't. I knew what I wanted to be, but being in true, um, you know, listen, my mom would probably say I was always causing a scene from a very young age, but I, at the age of like, gosh, whatever eighth grade was, I was in my first play, and I knew I wanted to be an actor, and then my mom, um, you know, said, you know, you can't go to college for that. <laughs> so. Now, some some cats that I know who got into drama at a young age, um, it was initially because of that's where the girls were at, and they fell in love with it. Was that your kind of situation, or was it just purely the the art of it? I art. I was just a, like a like a what do you call them? Like a the uh, bug actor bug bit me. Like the acting bug, and I just, I just enjoy the fact that we get, we got to. Um, I was just a drama nerd. I'm gonna make up a whole story for it. I was just a drama nerd. <laughs> I enjoyed, I enjoyed putting on plays. I was that kind of kid that put it on in his backyard, or you know, we had like the bigger camcorders. I would like to try to make a movie. I was just that kid, you know, in school, and I just, I just enjoyed it for the art of it. That's what's up, man. Nice. Um, so. Now, what is it about like performing live on stage that you like the most? Well, listen, I don't know if I like it the most anymore because I haven't done it in a while. But um, what I what I loved about it initially, what got me into uh, acting, I love the uh, two things. One, the instant gratification you get back from your audience. You know, like that. You know, where they're liking it, feeling it. The crowd, you can feel the energy in the theater go up and down, and it's it's just it's 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 invigorating. It's it's really exciting. That I love that about live theater. But what I also do is, um, I love that you get to just like dive into a character and put this person on, and like you're putting on this performance, and you just take the audience on a ride. So I really enjoy that part of it as well. Yeah, like. Um... I always hear these great stories of, uh, you know, um, different, like, you know, getting that energy from the audience. And sometimes, you know, it depends. Like, you have these well-behaved audiences that understand, you know, how you're supposed to act, right? Then you had some audiences that maybe were, you know, born in the alley or something. <laughs> you know? so, so did you have any, like, situations where you had to deal with, like, kind of crazy audiences that kind of... Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, but the crazy audience members were my family because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Um, one of my one of my biggest plays I ever did, um, you could hear like there was like this big death scene. Um, uh, it's called Blues for Mr. Charlie with um, with uh, James Baldwin. For, uh, James Baldwin wrote it, I mean, and, um, I, you know, spoiler alert, if you didn't read the play before, uh, I die at the end, and you could hear, like, a camera shuddering, like, click, 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 and I just knew, <laughs> as that camera was shuddering, that was my dad, like, do you know what I mean, and I, and I, and I, and, and around that time that I was dying, I heard 
not my wani. And I was like, oh my God, is that my grandmother? Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it was my family. So sorry guys who were out there watching that. It was my, 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 my parents. <laughs> I can dig it, man. I can dig it. So do you like, do you like, uh, do you like taking characters on that are, that you can relate to, or are you more into characters that maybe are very different from you? And that allows you to go to a place that you don't go in your regular life. Um, I think the easy answer there is, you know, most actors want to do something that, you know, that are a little bit different from them because they get to try on this whole um, thought process, this whole new kind of body, like if you will. Uh, I enjoy things that are going to make me stretch, that are going to, um, that I just wouldn't have thought I would have ever played or done, but you know, there's always going to be a piece of Duan in all of them. There's always going to be a, uh, a hint of me. And I think, you know, if you look at Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts, you know, kind of like same thing with Meryl Streep, you know, she's still, there's still an essence of her in there. You get lost in it after a while, but you know, that's the spell that we cast on, on, um, on our audiences or, you know, people watching, but I, I, I guess the answer would be, would be different. I like to go for different. All right. Uh, we have a question in the chat room. Uh, Anthony, uh -oh. Anthony Davis, not the one on the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> oh, has Dewan uh, worked on any web series or independent movies? I have. I have. I have. I have. Um, um, the daytime Emmy that I uh, we were just nominated for that I was a lead in was a YouTube series called The New 30 that I just did. So, yeah, I just did one of those. And um, I do independent movies all the time. I did one that probably is the most recognizable. I get recognized the most, I should say. Um, I, I, I always think it's going to be Bosch. I always think it's going to be maybe Grey's Anatomy or something like that. But when I see uh, people of color, <laughs> most of my people, they're like, you was in that movie Caged Animal. And I was like, oh, man. yeah, that was <laughs> It was like Caged Animal. I did like a decade ago. And with Bing Rames. And it was like, you know, this prison movie where I got beat up in prison they're like that was you and i was like yeah yeah that was, they, no, you didn't see bosh you have nothing else <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny man yeah i don't know do you ever like just assume when someone's coming up to you what they're going to recognize you from you know i don't i used to i used to um for a very small small period of time i used to um think that they were going to recognize me from Bosch because it's been on for such a long time. But um, I realized quickly that, you know, being out here in uh, Los Angeles before I hit it on a couple of nice shows, I was a bartender for a very long time, you know, serving. And that's why, you know, most people tell you like you were serving, you're waiting tables, you're doing it. Um, and whenever I would think to myself that I made it, I would, you know, I would just like, I made it. People recognize me like you did, right? Like, that's why you recognize me. People be like, I know you from somewhere. And I'd be like, oh yeah, I don't know if you watched the Amazon show Bosch. And they're like, no, you were my bartender. You were so great. And it will always, <laughs> and it will always just bust my bubble or be like, I know you're Tay Diggs. And so I'm not there yet. <laughs> Wait. So I I just know that right now it's just it's usually one of those other shows. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, yeah. what do you think was the most challenging role that you've had so far? Hmm. I, I have to say, you know, right now uh, up to date would be the Grey's Anatomy that I've done uh, that I did uh, recently. 
the arc on Grey's Anatomy most challenging because, um, you know, we have a responsibility as actors, right? We have a responsibility to really dive deep into these characters' lives. And I know people are like, oh, it's so easy. It's not easy to put on um, a character where your wife fell over um, a, um, a, a banister at a hotel the night before you were gonna get married. And really, you know, you have to play that out. How is this gonna play? And, and you know, it's, it's, that was probably my deepest and most um, intense role so far. And I actually really, really enjoyed it. I'm proud of it. Probably one of the ones I'm most, mostly proud of. Wow. I said, if you haven't seen it, you should go see it. <laughs> well, for sure. Um, do you ever, do you ever like, like a night before you got to shoot a scene? Um, do you ever, have you ever had a moment where you're like, man, like, even though I know you prepare and all of that, where you actually get like anxiety about like, man, uh, you know, cause you don't know sometimes until you hit the set, right? How it's mm -hmm. going to actually play itself out. Do you ever get that? Or do you just, you're just so prepared that you don't worry about it? I think, you know, preparation is, is key here. Always, you know, um, the, I think one, if you're not nervous, it doesn't mean as much to you any, anymore, right? So there's always going to be a little sense of, I, I'm going on a new, a new set. I'm going to meet new people. You know, that stuff is really nerve wracking. Like, you know, to come on to, let's just use Grey's Anatomy again. That show's been on for 15 seasons. And for me to come on, they're already a family. You know what I mean? So that's the nerve wracking part of that. But the part what I do, you, you know, I believe that and I'm a big I'm a big proponent of this. Like, you know what you do. Don't let anybody tell you you don't do it well. So go in there, do it well, do your thing and leave. Like, you know, like just don't start second guessing it. So I don't like to go on set and second guess. And now that, that doesn't mean I don't take constructive criticism or if somebody wants to tell me to do something differently. That's all part of it as well. But I like to say, like, I this is what I do for for. Um, for a living. Um, it's like me saying, ah, you know, Kinti, you're not, this podcast, you're not doing it right. You're like, man, I've done 275 of these. You know what I mean? It's like, you <laughs> do, like right? It's kind of like that mentality, you know, because you got to go in there because you, you, I do it well. And I, and I like to think until somebody tells me, you know, or I feel like I'm not doing it well. I'm going to stick with that. Now we got a couple of more questions from the uh -oh. chat. Uh -oh. Anthony, <laughs> He has two two part questions, so we'll start with the first one. He wants to know: um, Are you the kind of actor who understands everything from the set design to why the lighting and the sound crew and all of that kind of stuff? Uh, do you or do you just focus on acting, or do you focus on lenses and all of that kind of behind the scenes uh, stuff too? Great, great question, Anthony. Thank you for that one. Um, you know, I'm a little bit I, both. I think I'm a full actor, right? Uh, because uh, I used to go on set and just worry about like my part of it, my little corner of the world, if you will. Um, and then I just got very curious about how everything worked. And I wanted to get on the other side of the lens because I, when I wanted to direct. I wanted to, you know, why are you using that light? Why are you pushing this lens in and, you know, or, or changing it out? I mean, um, and, and I, over the last couple of years, I've just gotten really, really big into, so why did you put that makeup on my face? You know what I mean? Just to understand, not to, not to, you know, um, be controversial or anything like that. I just want to know more about it. Um, because I think for actors, I think we've kind of been sold a little bit of a crock of crap, you know, that 
it you only can do one thing right and it's only like you only are supposed to be an actor and it, i mean and we hear this all over the place like i just want you to act i don't want you to talk about your politics i don't want you to tell me about this stuff I, or talk about directing i just want you to stay in your lane and i think we believe that for a very long time and so me i'm kind of like i don't believe that anymore i want to direct i want to uh i just want to do different things and so yeah i, I guess i'm a full actor and I, I know about all those pieces I was just going to ask you that too. I was just going to ask you if you had ever decided that, Hey, you know, I'd really love to direct. So that seems to be one of the natural progressions for actors to go through. And it's, yeah. it's crazy because the directors who have been actors make the most compelling stories out there. They're great at it. Yeah. And they're really good with actors and they're really good with other people on the set, you know? Right, and right. I think so. So it, yeah, I am, you know, I, I've been fortunate, you know, to be on Bosch for uh, six seasons now and one of the things that they have allowed me to do is shadow the directors because they know that I'm, I'm very interested in directing um, in the future, uh, whether that's on Bosch or whether that's on other shows. You know, I do want to do episodic television as well as, um, uh, um, you know, acting. I, I think it and, and you're right. It is, it is the natural progression because we love telling stories right. and you know, directors get to tell stories. The director tells the stories, actor tell the stories. And so we just telling it in a different way. You know, you know what I mean? so, I'm going to push back on that just slightly though, and tell you oh, that, I, that one of the things that I find super interesting about what you just said is that mm -hmm. writers of whom I happen to be one don't mm -hmm. often want, I'm a former film student, so I know yeah, sort yeah. Of the Great. process, but, but, but the writing to me is the most important part. So storytelling is all about the writing. But what I notice about actors is that once you get in that role where you are sort of exposed to everything behind the scenes, it is really natural to move from being in the story to telling the story because there are there's just so much process around you that you get to know. But writers, as an example, would make terrible directors because the, everything is all inside your head, right? For actors, yeah. it seems like there's just so much connection and networking. And tell me if I'm wrong, but that's what it feels like to me that that's sort of what makes that such an awesome dynamic experience. Yeah, I, I love the way you put that. You know, can I push back on your pushback? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I happen to believe, and this is, and, and maybe this is one of my things that makes me so unique. I believe that we all are as equally important. I think writers are, as well as you know, directors are, actors are. I don't come from a place of like this is more like. I mean, we can't tell a story without writers. Writers can't tell. Without, you know what I mean? It's like so. It all right. kind of works together for me. And I know you know there are some actors like you can't do this without me. I just don't believe that way. I think it's all like this this or this you know uh, different I just think it all works together really well sorry about that uh, I said something and Siri popped in she's like what's up uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it's I, I think it's like that but you know I don't uh, I do know that's not true I know a couple of producer writers actually on our show that make excellent directors uh, nice. Shaz is one of them who just wrote episode three that we're shooting, you know, is also a fantastic director that's directed Queen Sugar that, you know, so I think it's a part of that. It's, a, it's an evolution for them as well now. You know what I mean? It's like, this is the way it's going. I think again, before writers and especially in writing schools or not writing schools, university, when we went to co college for that or whatever, writing programs, um, they were just told you need to write, right? That's your lane. 
stay in that. But no, not anymore. They have ideas. They want to see them. I think sometimes, you know, writers can be a little bit long-winded, you know what I mean? And I think everybody can, like, cut that down. You know what I mean? Actors, we we chew up the scenery. We can be overdramatic. You know what I mean? So I think all that together brings it all down. So... I hope that answered it for you, Jen. <laughs> it, it, it did actually. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to um, ask the question that uh, Anthony, the second question, but then I'm going to circle back to the uh, makeup thing yeah. um, that you kind of mentioned. Uh, Anthony <laughs> okay. wants to know: Are you someone who likes to take liberties with the script, so improv, or do you just like to st- just stick with the script? Um. Listen we're big on our show. We don't, there's no, like, that's not our lane. You know, our lane is not to improv at all. You know, I could, I could accidentally screw up a gray Corolla for a white Corolla. And I have messed up the whole entire season that they have to go get a new car or go get a whole thing. And so it's very, they're very specific on our show about, you know, we're not, we're not improvising. You need to say the words on the page the way they wrote them on the page because it's all making sense and leading somewhere. And you can mess up a whole season of something if, if you don't. So I'm not that improviser guy. I am actually really comfortable. And I like to, before I make an executive decision to, to, to come off the page, meaning to um, not say what they're, they, they've wrote, I want to make sure I can make their words work. You know, because what they're doing is they're literally writing for me they're writing with me in mind like you know before you know um uh jen you said you went to it, it is jen right Am I, i'm not messing it yep. up right nope it's jen you got it yeah 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 um you said you went to a writing program and i i meant one of the tools they might have said is like think of the person you're writing for or think of a person you're writing for so you can have their voice in your head as you're writing like a script or something well well they're literally thinking of me as they're writing so let me try what they have first and then, you know, I'll jump off the page afterwards. But nah, not on our show. Wow. And not on Grey's Anatomy either. I mean, you know, I, I think we hear that. Oh, this is all ad lib. That's usually comedy. Unfortunately, right. people don't find me funny and I do mostly dramas. <laughs> people don't find you funny. <laughs> uh, we'll school them. Yes. So, uh, so I'm um, sorry about that. Uh, I had to send this out. Um, so, you brought up something about uh, why did they make me up this way or whatever. Uh-huh. And I notice a lot of times, especially specifically with uh, African-Americans, mm-hmm. um, the makeup can be sketchy, you know, uh, sometimes the way they make us up. Yeah. So uh, um, my question to you is um, how has your relationship with the makeup people in the different things evolved as you learn the business and you know what looks best for you? And also when it comes to the wardrobe of characters that, you know, as well, like how much yeah. input do you have in those two aspects? It's a great question. Um, you know, I'll start it with a little bit of a story uh, about 2006, however long ago that was. Um, I worked with a photographer slash, you know, person, um, headshot person, and they did my makeup for the thing. And I didn't know a lot about makeup, you know, being a dude. I'm like, Dude, I'm just going to, I don't need to know about makeup. I don't need, you know, I just took that stance on it. And um, I will never forget when I got those pictures back, how ashy I looked, how like white, how lightened they they made my skin look. And I was mortified by, you know, one, I just wasted $500 on these shots. 
Um, and two, that like, because of machismo, whatever it is, I took this stance about like, I'm not gonna learn about my own face and makeup and all that stuff like that. And from that moment forward, I always, always pay attention when I sit in somebody's chair for a makeup chair. And whether they are, you know, just, you know, covering up, you can't see it, but I have freckles, you know, my black freckles all around and what, what they're doing. Um, I usually don't need a lot of um, powder if they're calling it just so I don't get shine because I don't have a lot. I don't have, I'm, I'm usually bald or rocking a, a, a close fade. I mean, a close um, shave on this. And it's just very important. And what I found is if you listen, this is what I found. This is like words to live by. When you come at people curious rather than like um, in a, in a, in a, can I just say in a, in a, in a, in a dick way, <laughs> I just right, say it. Right, when right. you come curious and, and instead of like in a, a con, uh, you know, confrontational way, like pe- everybody's wonderful. Like, right, do you know? Right. And so I just get curious sometimes when I'm in those chairs and I'm like, Hey, so why are you doing that? Like, you know, cause I've never seen anybody that, you know, or, Hey, can you knock this down or whatever? And everybody wants to work with you because you're working with them. I've had makeup um, um, artists send me home with stuff to want. You need to like work on this or try this. And I think it's all because I'm not, I'm just not being an ass. I'll just say, it. <laughs> you right, know, right, just right. not being an ass. And the second part of your question is wardrobe, you know, most of the wardrobe places I'm going into now, you know, outside of Boss, which is really an amazing experience, um, uh, you know, they're asking, like, you know, do you know your sizes? Do you know what looks good on your body? This is what we have to wear. And, you know, and I'm like, gosh, a skinny tie really rocks right here. But most of the time I'm letting them figure it out um, because I think sometimes we can be stifled or stopped by what's mentally in our head. Right. And this is the only thing that looks good on me. And sometimes I just want to step back and see that this person who has gone to school, who has like done 20 billion jobs in this industry um, and and, and, um, in wardrobe, let them just be a blank canvas. You know what I mean? Be a blank canvas and see what they come up with. Now, of course, I don't want to be looking like a sloppy Joe up there, you know, so. (laughs) So I say something if it doesn't work, but I don't mind it at all. I'm enjoying it. Oh, that's dope. uh, we got another question. They want to know: Have you ever had prosthetic makeup ever in a on a part? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I have had a lot of it. It's so funny because I kind of showed this. Um, I don't have it ready for you because I was expecting that question. But um, one of the things that I I did <laughs> in caged animal um, <laughs> with uh, it comes up all the time, huh? <laughs> um, with, uh, with with Ving was a uh, I, had, I got beat up pretty bad. Right. You know, and so I had to, they had to do all the stuff for my face. If I can find a picture of it, I'll bring it up for you as we go on uh, with other questions. All right. Now, that's what's up. Um, so before we get to Bosch, uh, I, I see that you've, um, you did a, um, a couple of episodes on 24. What was that like? It, that's one of my favorite all time. All time. That yeah. was at that time, too. It was one of my favorites, I have to say. I can tell it was really great to do it. I did the season where um, um, <laughs> the black invasion or the uh, African guys that come over and they were the terrorists. And, you know, that's that's so long ago. I remember. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was uh, I was a um, uh, I was the guy who brought the plane down. I was like the tech analyst and I was doing it and saying all this stuff. Uh, and it was so cool. And I learned so much on that on that show. And I. Uh, I wish I had more time on it before they, you know, offed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, that was a good season too. Yeah, I, I was a huge fan of that show. Um, and then I see you, you did some General Hospital. What was that like doing soaps? Uh, I actually liked soaps. 
You know, there's this weird story that I, I, I tell that soaps are one of the reasons I got into acting um, as a as a professional, because I had to use I used to have to stay home with my brother and sister when I was younger uh, to, to babysit them for the summer times. Uh, my mom was like, you know, we just had to stay at home. And so we'd watch like cartoons in the morning, um, things like news or game shows. And then we wait till like one. Then the soaps would come on. We had to watch it again until you know, um, cartoons came back on and then my mom was home and I was free to go out, you know, but, um, I just, I, I just got into that and I was like, cool, I want to do what they're doing. And that's how I started acting. Wow. Cause you know, I, I had to ask you about that cause, or my mother, uh, <laughs> my mother, she get the stories. She's watching yeah. the stories. <laughs> In our hospital, like, is her, she's been watching that before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah no kidding i i still remember general hospital from being a teenager so yeah man that show's got some staying power it does it's not going anywhere it's going they love it and those fans are awesome yeah yeah all right so let's talk about uh bosh now um, now I'm, i'm gonna say this like before we get started um uh huge fan i've been uh early adopter from the minute it started i was all i was all on board um, one of the reasons why was um, your showrunner is a terrific writer, and he was he used to write on this show called um, Homicide: Life on the Street. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's one of the greatest shows of all time. And um, so, um, so I, when I knew that he was helming it, it made me feel comfortable that it was going to be really good. Because yeah. you know, at the time, Amazon Prime wasn't as really known for their original. I don't. You guys might have been one of the the, the original. You, oh, yeah, the original, the original. Uh, drama. They're full, uh, yeah, episodic, yeah, drama. Uh-huh. Right. So you know, so you know, when you haven't like HBO has a certain like you know they have like a history, so you're like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And mm-hmm. then when somebody <laughs> don't actually have that history of good, you know, like 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 I ain't gonna crap on Lifetime, but I don't necessarily love Lifetime movies, you know, where you're kind of questioning like, is this gonna be anything good? So, you know, there's always that 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 barrier like, OK, is this going to be good? Mm-hmm. Um, so now Amazon Prime has like, you know, uh, a bunch of really good shows and you guys are still on. We got street cred. <laughs> we got street cred. So for those who haven't seen the show, Bosch, can they give them uh, some insight on what it, it's about and your character? Uh- um, so Bosch is about uh, Titus, uh, which, you know, he's Titus Welver. He plays the main character, Bosch, where it's this uh, L.A. detective who is um, you, you you either love him or you hate him for his methods of, you know, of how he does things. Um, and it is just about it's a it, it's a cop drama, but it's a little bit more than that, I, I have to say. And, you know, one of the cool things is L.A. is a character in our store in our on our show because we're all over los angeles shooting and um you know we're, we're just everywhere um but you know bosch tells the story just about like I mean, he's a good guy but you know you don't always love the way he handles stuff um i play uh, um detective rondale pierce and i am I like to say the moral compass of the show. I'm the boy scout of the show where everything is by the book for me, you know? Uh, and it just, it just, it, it just suits me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it's a terrific show. If you guys haven't seen it, um, definitely check it out. Um, and it has a wonderful cast. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you have um, also yeah. on the cast, you have Lan the great Lance Riddick, <laughs> you know, amazing, you know, him from The Wire, Lost, Fringe, uh, is on the show. Just did John Wick. Just did John Wick. Just did John Wick. John Wick 3, right. uh-huh. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and now your partner, or he was your partner on the show, uh, Mr. Calderon, oh. um, t tell about, about him. Uh, he First of all, this guy steals a lot of scenes. Like this guy, every time he's in a scene when he's not even talking, you can't stop watching this cat. Like he's he's a great actor. Uh, what is it like? Say it again. What's it like working with him? Oh, you know, listen, I I was a big fan of Paul's before I you know I even got to before I knew I was going to work with him, and I didn't really know until I, sh I we showed up and I had a new partner, um, and he's just great. It was this thing of like, I just want to tell him, I was like, Hey, I just want to just, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, I'm a big fan and I think you're great. And it started off as this relationship in season three, where he just became like this awesome mentor for me, you know, as an actor, as a, as a, as just as a man, as a person, like on set, he was just this great energy and you, you, you just, I learned so much from just being in his presence and just how he operated on set how he operated with the behind the scenes crew, how he operated with like, you know, other cast members, you know, was really great. And, you know, I, I, I started just being able to come to him. I was like, you know, I'm not able to crack this nut on this scene. And, you know, and he was just like, say, Hey, try it this way. Let's, let's work. He would work with me. Um, and it just took that, our, our relationship to the, <laughs> to the next stage, if you will. And the second, fourth season, when he came back, it was like this, um, it was like this, this, this older brother, now he became a mentor and he was like this older brother that was really just like, you know, from taking me under his wing from really just like we were just rapping and we we're just having fun. And it was like equals instead of like, uh, hi, hi, sir. I was like just nervous. But now it's like, it's Paul. What's up? I miss you. Mm -hmm. And it just became that till, you know, season five where it was just it was just second nature. And I just really I really have to say if, you know, if anybody has a chance to work with him or see anything he does, he is one of the most genuine people that I've ever had the opportunity to work with. And I'm not just saying that that's not just LA fluff. I really, I really just think he's fantastic. You can see it though on screen. Like yeah. you guys, chemistry is awesome, right? Every mm -hmm. time we would do a scene together, you felt the chemistry. And I remember like when we were, when we were talking, um, when I drove you, um, I remember I brought that up because I, I, there was something that I thought in my head and I hadn't seen anything or heard an interview or anything. And I, that was something I always wanted to know about and i had a chance because i was talking to you so uh that which was pretty cool so um how much let me is tell you this before you, let me tell you this before can i just jump in on that okay. uh, i don't know if this is some behind the scenes stuff and i think i might have said this to you as well you talk about the chemistry that um that paul and i had which pierce and um uh, jimmy or uh, um jimmy is his name but um on, on set uh, robertson uh, pierce and robertson had um he was only supposed to be there for a couple episodes do you know what I mean? And so one of the things that I think they saw, which is magic, when you see magic on set, executive producers, producers, writers, you see magic between these two people happening, you know, um, um, he just kept, we just kept going. You know what I mean? We kept, I think beyond a shadow of a doubt that, of course, we're both amazing actors, um, but the chemistry you saw between Paul and I, you know, uh, that's a, that's a, people love that. And I mean, it took us on for a couple seasons because of that, you know, because we just, it just worked. So I'm glad you saw that. 
Oh, definitely. It, it's very apparent when you when you guys see it and make sure you guys check out the, sh- the show. Um, OK, so let's let's talk about um, the, how your characters evolved. Yeah. Um, six seasons because uh you know I, I really feel like it has a, a great evolution this character what do you think so how, how would you uh talk i think about um that? i think uh michael conley who's one of the writers who no <laughs> so so sorry <laughs> michael conley is the creator of our show um you know he he had said to me at one point him or henrik or one of the guys the producers had said He's like, you know, Pierce has had one of the biggest evolutions or, you know, of, of the arcs, that's where to use arc, um, of the entire cast, you know, and it's, it's, for me, I am just, I'm so humbled. I'm so grateful that I'm in this position that I get to make this character come alive, that I get to do that because, you know, I started as a beat cop on that show. Um, you know, uh, in the pilot episode of it. So I've been there since the beginning, but it was really supposed to be a one-off. I was just supposed to be the guy that in, left and maybe it would have been in the background if you saw him again. Uh, but, you know, they like to say that I acted my way into uh, to, be, to being a regular on that show. And that's, that's, that's great for the actor's ego, but it's also great for that I didn't have to stop telling Rondell's story. I get to like still tell a story, you know, about like, you get to see him breaking the rules. You get to see him like, you know, interacting with different people and how he feels about them. And I'm, I'm just really protective of this guy that um, I, I get to play. Yeah, I, I love it, man. He's a great character. Cause you know, I said this when we were t- when we talked earlier, when I watch a program and there's mm-hmm. black folks on the show, <laughs> I'm always like, okay, how are they gonna show this person, right? Like, did I did say this, yeah. And is it gonna be right? Is it gonna be fair? And I, and all the characters are awesome the way they handle them, and your character as well. It's it's a amazing, it's a very very good character, and I like that he's a good man, and he's very good at what he does. And there's the, you, he has a great evolution, too, in his, in in um on the show. So kudos to you for for that. Now I told you also I told you this too, and I tell the audience that I had the pleasure of going to the third season um, screening of the, um, the the premiere of the episode, um, and uh, Mike Connolly was there. I did get a chance to ask a, a question, um, which was really cool. And uh, look, I'm gonna say this: I am I've never been in trouble with the law. I've, you know, I've all I've been arrested. I'm not a criminal. I'm not a crook. So yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and I went there, right? Because this show is really popular with the police all over, especially LAPD. And there were cops everywhere in uh, plain clothes and detectives. And I walked into the screening and I was just kind of like, whoa, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I was like, whoa, I didn't even think about like, you know, that was going to be what was popping. Right. And everybody was really nice and all of that kind of stuff. And um, so my question to you is now that you've playing this this police officer, um, what is that like when you are just going around L.A. or going around the country? And I'm sure police officers recognize you and whatnot. Right. You know what? Yes. Yeah. Um, and that that's my demo. No. <laughs> um, you know, it's th- this sounds weird, right? This is going to sound weird. But I mean this with sincerity, that sometimes I see police looking at me and I have no idea if it's because I'm a black man and I've done something or like I haven't done anything. But, you know, or if they're recognizing me, it's usually I think because they recognize me because I haven't done anything. But, you know, every once in a while, 
they'll walk past and they'll be like Pierce, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, or and or I'll, I I think I might have told you I got I got uh, stopped at Starbucks by a couple of police officers, and they're like they're like. Um, um, I saw him looking at me and I was like, hey, I play a detective on, t- on, on TV. They're like, we know who you are. And I'm like, do you, like, do you mind if we take a picture? And I was like, absolutely. You know what I mean? And so uh, it, it happens a lot more uh, than, than just like you're, you're saying it is. It does happen a lot. And again, I'm really happy it's because of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good one, though. Like, hey, yeah. you know, so and it's really cool, too, because like, one thing that the show does is I can see why the police department loves the show because it, you know, although they deal with corrupt cops, it, you know, th- that is, that's been a subject on the show, but it, I think it's a very fair um, depiction of the police department. And it is a lot of inside baseball, if you will, yeah. with the police department and being, f- I was born in Los Angeles. And so when you watch, you know, uh, you know, where you where the, um, where where your headquarters is you know mm-hmm. i know that very well right yeah so when i first would see like that's the cool thing about the show is like you you see all these locations that don't always get to be on television like when they do la they do like rodale drive or you know what I'm saying? all the time like in this show you really see los angeles mm-hmm. you know you see parts that don't get filmed a lot you would think you know being that so many things shoot there and i would have to say of all your seasons the last season really was in like areas that like really <laughs> like cool like a lot of cool black areas and stuff like i'm like oh shoot like they, there was a, the one uh i'm trying to remember exactly where it is but where there was the the dead body and then it was like in in the middle of all the uh apartments complex uh I, I- Kenta, we do a lot of dead bodies on our show. You got to be familiar. Like, I mean, there's like, <laughs> I think it was like I mean, literally we no, 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 body no. parts. That's what my Bowen Hills possibly. Yeah, we do, but we do. We did shooting body. Okay, I know. Okay, the Bowen right, Hills. Where it was, where Hills. Yeah. This was like different because it was like a long row. Yes, it, like yeah, like okay. And I, you know, like when I was a kid, I ran through, you know, those some of those parts. So it was really cool to to see uh see that and um like it's like the location is always great on the show but like this last season though it really was like oh wow you know we were bugging out me and um some friends that we watch the show so um, i think you'll i think i think i'll just say i'll just add to that this season you're gonna be um you're gonna be uh just as blown away about it i i i had a a full circle actor moment just last week when I was shooting, because I mean, it was like eight in the morning and we're stopping rush hour traffic to shoot on Sunset Boulevard, you know, and that is, it's just so amazing. Also people hate us. And so, because we're stopping rush hour traffic, but you know, you know, you're shooting by like Hollywood signs or you're shooting by, you know, Sunset Boulevard. It's those are, you know, and we're shooting like in, in, in Crenshaw, South Cent- you know what I mean? So you're going to see a lot of that this season um, that I, I, I think you will, you know, add to what you're talking about. Yeah. And um, another thing too, the, about the, the program that's pretty awesome is that you have great like cast. The cast is awesome. So of course you have Titus who's mm. the lead, but then you also have Jamie Ector, on the show and then you have the uh, Creighton Barrel, those guys oh, funny yeah. as heck. <laughs> love it. Like it's funny too. The show is like hilarious at mm-hmm. times. Like there's yeah. times where you just laugh out loud 
uh, on the show, even though it's a serious show ma mainly, but there are funny moments. And um, the cast is so cool. And it seems like in a season, they do a great job of everybody getting their moments. You yeah. know, like you, 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 you rarely feel like, oh, they, you know, like characters that you like are not getting their due. And that's really cool um, that they do that. So, um, yeah, the cast is... I'll, yeah. I'll let them know. I, I think I think there's there's just so much uh, dramatic real estate you can have, right? Mm -hmm. And without, like, going in all these different directions. Uh, I think they do a great job at also cycling in. So you're not, like, too Pierce heavy or too Crate and Barrel heavy. You know, it, so it feels like you're saying that everybody is 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 featured that's what i think you're getting at like everybody just is, has a good little featured moment throughout and now i don't want to um i don't i'm not going to spoil anything because i, want I can't tell you i can't tell you I, I got a job to keep so don't even say anything. No, I'm, I'm going i'm going back to the second season right okay so okay. i'm not going to spoil it because i want people to watch the show but um there is a like i'm a tough guy i chew glass right there's a moment <laughs> where it's critic and I think you know what I'm talking about. He ha he goes through like a moment, like a yeah. very traumatic moment where I I almost was in tears. That yeah. and, and the acting was so powerful in that moment. And um, it's in the second season. I don't want to ruin it, but because um, it's kind of a surprise in the in the um, on the show. But it has the show has moments like that where you're like, you know, like whoa, like you know. So definitely check out check out this program. So um, now uh, there were some questions in the chat room. Let's see. Uh, let me make sure I get those. Uh, oh, uh, Dr. Tachi. Um, she wants to know, do you think one needs to live in LA to make their acting career jump off? It just depends how serious you want to get, right? I think um, LA and New York, people go there because they want to, you know, you're coming out here for the ring, right? As they say. You're coming out for the ring and so this is where you have to be i think you can have thriving um uh, acting careers uh in v various parts of our country atlanta chicago you know um austin but i think all roads are gonna all start to lead to new york or los angeles at some point um you know for the bigger stuff for the bigger stuff out there so you know, I, I say start where you are and, you know, go hard there and then you'll know when it's time to move out here. And and Atlanta's popping right now, too. It like is. Atlanta, it's been popping for a while. And then, of course, you know, you can go to Canada. There's a lot oh, of yeah. all of our stuff goes. Yeah, I was just I was just keeping it here. We right. go. Yeah, I can go different places. Definitely. Toronto, Vancouver. I mean, that's that's what Mexico City is big right now, too. Right. Like, you know what I mean? There there a lot of things are going out of our country, too. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> but you can't. But you can't beat Los Angeles as a. You can't. A you can't. I don't know. I've never been to Vancouver, so I don't know. But I gotta tell you that shooting in Austin's been, was great. Shooting in Toronto was great. You know what I mean? Like, there's places that are great. Um, that, you know, they get better, bigger tax credits than but Los Angeles. Juan, I'm a native. So ah. I gotta say that I gotta say okay. it. Okay, you gotta say it. All right, all right. In my blood. So, <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I wanted to. You have a couple of projects I see that um, you're also doing, um, and you know, you're playing Jesus. <laughs> That's a. I don't even know. I haven't been there for a while. You're looking at my uh, IMDb. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, like it, it says a weekend at Jesus's. That's. Right? Yeah. 
it's no? uh, let's keep moving. Yes, I did. I did. But it's, it's... <laughs> any uh, are there any other projects we need to keep a lookout on? I uh, yes, just say yes. I can just say yes. There's stuff I just can't talk about. <laughs> I, I literally I can't even tell you that I'm I'm working on it. You know oh. what I mean? Because right, okay. because it, it's the way they make you sign these things, and you're like. You're scared they're going to come take your house or something, the way it all goes out, you know? Well, I mean, you know, listen, you know, when you sign things for Marvel or for Netflix or for wherever, they're making you sign some pretty confidential stuff. And it's like, don't even hint that you were, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think oh, those so, guys in game. So, so Go ahead. can we assume that you are nope, going to be nope, Jen, with nope. <laughs> Marvel or Netflix? Because, hey, that's what I would think. Well, <laughs> or Amazon or ABC. I'm just saying in general when so, these networks. So, are you going to be moving to New Zealand anytime soon? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? From your lips, your lips to God's ears, because I would love to be doing anything Lord of the Rings. I want to put that out there because I know it's in. I know it's in New Zealand right now. Please let me move to New Zealand. <laughs> you know, and then we're going to break that. Uh, there's going to be a spinoff, uh, uh, Detective Rundell Pierce. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. No. <laughs> No, listen, I'll tell you, we were just talking about this on set the other day, and I was telling Titus, um, you know, because he's always joking with me, because, you know, I, I, some, I, I, he just gives me a hard time all the time. Uh, and I was like, Titus, I'm going to start my own web series, and it's going to be called Pierce. You know? <laughs> and I was like, Titus, would you come on and do a, a featured, uh, you know, cameo on it? And he's like, yeah, if you let me uh, executive produce it. You know, we have a good relationship. We've been there for a while, but... Um, uh, anyway, it's a, I don't know if that's going to happen, but because it's not my name, I, I don't own it, but I would love to say not Pierce. <laughs> there you go. Hey, man, I, I, I will definitely be watching. They want to know, You'll watch, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, they want to know, would you, uh, like to get into voice acting or have you done it already? Um, you know, I, I get asked a lot about that. Uh, I got a voiceover agent and I don't know that it was my thing. I don't think it was my thing uh, just for me. So I didn't do it. I didn't. I, I did one Wells Fargo voiceover commercial and then I was like, I can't do it anymore. So I understand. Now we come to the part of the show that we affectionately call rapid fire. And the way it works is that me and Jen will pepper you with questions. Maybe not necessarily about acting or the business, but uh, it'll be fun. So you like. All right. So the first question that I always start off with is a couple some years ago back at Coachella, they had a hologram concert for the rapper Tupac. So what dead artist or band would you like to see a hologram concert of? I don't party with ghosts. <laughs> you don't party with ghosts? Nope. Right. <laughs> Jen. Oh, wow. That was the answer? Oh, my gosh. That was I, the answer. I don't party uh, with ghosts. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was just, you know, satire going in. Okay. Nope. <clears throat> what Growing up, everybody has a favorite story. As a child, what story did you love the best? Easy. Uh, Little Red Hen. Little Red Hen is um, like I've learned the most from it. And I I have um, uh, one of the first editions of that, They've you know, that I, I was given because I everybody knows I love that story so much. And if you're not familiar with the Little Red Hen, it's basically about this story about a hen that needs help 
uh, making some bread or um, and nobody will help the hen um, make the bread. And it's like, well, who will help me, you know, plant the seeds? And it's like, not I, said the cat, not I, said the pig. Mm -hmm. And like, who will help me? And it goes on and on and on. And then to the end where it's like, well, who will help me eat this bread? And then the cat's like me. And then the dog is like me. And everybody's like me. And it's like, no, because you wouldn't help me, you know, do any of these other things, these other 10 steps before helping. And I think it just instilled in me, like, if you want something, work for it, but also help your fellows, you know, you know, people out there, um, you know, I guess you reap what you sow. It's a good one too. So little red him. Good one. All right. Um, what's your favorite guilty pleasure junk food? Oh man, this is a good one. Um, it's seasonal. So mm -hmm. it, it just depends on what time of year it is. If it's, if it's earlier in the year, the, the calendar year, it's Girl Scout cookies, Samoas. I, I just think those are, I'm so happy they're not all around. Um, uh, and then I would go into gummy bears because I just like gummy bears and, and I shouldn't have them at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then it's something, and, and I would say the last half of the year with gingerbread in it. I love gingerbread too. Mm -hmm. Girl Scout, uh, they're, they're drug dealers. That's what they are. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> take my money. <laughs> right. I, I, right. I, I love those CWs, by the way. But go ahead, Jen. All right. <clears throat> what movie has that you've seen over the course of your lifetime has inspired you the most? Primal Fear and Norton. I just thought that guy tore it up as an actor. Do you know what I mean? I thought that that I mean that was one of the first like switches, right? Like when we were the those big like oh this happened, you know. There was that that and his acting, um, I I just it kind of gives me chills just thinking about how amazing he was in that um, while I was in those formative acting years, like you know, um, uh, just like uh, being inspired by actors. And that was his first film too. Was it? I don't know if it was his first, but I no, it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Gosh, yeah. that was good. He came out swinging, boy. He came out hot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So here's this final question. We always end with this one. Okay. Um, so you, you you spent most of your younger years in Miami, right? Yeah. So we're going to tailor this to Miami. Okay. You got to help a, a brother out. A young man needs, wants to take a young lady out on the first date in Miami. So uh -huh. you got to give him a tip on what's the best date to take a young lady out on in Miami uh south beach i don't i mean i don't it's been t I, you know the place where they eat <laughs> i just i'm such such a dad now i'm like you know food but like <laughs> do, we, do we have a buzzer because you need to do that over again i know no it's not good, good. Okay. All right, all right, here it is. I can do over. If I were on set, I would just stop. I would gather myself and I would say, anywhere that has to do with the Fountain Blue Hotel or, you know, out there is going to be beautiful. You can see the ocean. You get to this beautiful, grand place. And, you know, you're already in a hotel. So two points. There you go. I like go. that. That was good. That was good. I'm going to definitely use that when I'm in, in, in uh, Miami. So it's a great hotel. It's a great, great, right. great beach. All right. So, um, uh, how can we get you on social media and all that good stuff? Um, my I, everything on Twitter and Instagram. I'm just at dewanjohnson.com and at Dewan Johnson. I just I I was lucky enough to steal my name or get it right there. Uh, they get my name uh, everywhere. So whenever there's a new like social media coming up platform, I usually rush to get Dewan Johnson first. All right, and that that sixth season is gonna be fire, right? Man, this season is really good too right now, and I I I. I 
I, I just can't say a lot about it, but I will say they're doing, because you got to get a little smarter, right? Your audience is a little bit more sophisticated. So you can't right. keep, keep telling it the same way. And so when I heard how this season is going to end, how it's going to go, I was like, oh, okay, y'all doing that. All right, let's see how this goes. So I'm really, I'm really proud of it and excited to uh, wrap it up. And, and uh, we can look for it around April, right? April Usually is- around end of March, uh, beginning of April. That's when that's been our um, our launch uh, schedule so far. We're done around Thanksgiving, so we're smack, you know, dab in the middle of our season. We just finished. We're just starting the fifth episode. Now, I, I'll say I'll say one thing before we say goodbye. Is this is my one thing gripe about um, binge watching is you're so excited for the new season. And then, so it comes out like on a Friday, and mm-hmm. then by Sunday, it's over. <laughs> you know, and then it's uh, like, yeah, that's the one thing. Like, I, and I go through those episodes always like that. It's like pretty much I get kidnapped by the show. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I think I put on Twitter like uh, I've been kidnapped by Bosch. So it's, that's good. <laughs> it's a good. It's a it's a good place to. Uh, uh, you know, thing to be kidnapped by. And I have to say, as an actor, it always brings me a little tiny bit of sadness when um, all the um, the fans, they come up that weekend and they're like, I've already done it. It's already over. And I'm like, life. And you did it like in (laughs) five months of my life and you're done in like 24 hours. And some people do it in 24 hours, you know? And so I, they're like super fans, but I get it, you know, because I do that with shows. I don't, I don't think I went longer than three days. Yeah, yeah. It, it I, we appreciate you. <laughs> sure. All right, Jen. How can we get you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at following Bliss One, or check out my websites at criticallaughs.com and moviesmakethemeal.com. You can get me on Twitter at kentef. Of course, Instagram, Kente Ferguson. And of course, the website is IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. We'll be back Monday with an all-new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. We'll be talking about second chances. So that should be a lot of fun. So we'll catch you guys later. You guys have a beautiful weekend, and God bless.